Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment you're nailing it and the next you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Balanced Parent Podcast. I'm so glad to be having you join me today because I have a really awesome guest, my amazing husband. I get questions from you guys all the time around how to get your partners on board, um, whether or not I'm am able to get my partner on board and kind of how that all works. And so I decided to ask him to sit down and answer some of your questions. And he was so willing to do that, which is so wonderful. Um, so hi, honey bunch. Thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> sure. Okay, so um, I guess one of our first questions then is um, someone's interested in um, knowing a little bit about your background, how you were raised, um, and um, kind of how it feels to be employing respectful parenting practices um, given the context of how you were parented. Okay, so uh, I grew up uh, on a farm and in in my family, I feel like, uh, you know, hard work was really valued. There was a high level of behavior expected of, of us. I had an authoritative father. Um, but at the you same time... you mean authoritarian? Time, authoritarian, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Those yeah, words yeah. are super easy to get confused. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, within my family framework, though, um, I also feel like I had permissive parents in a way, in that as long as I did well in school behave myself, you know, in front of them. I could basically do whatever I wanted. Uh, In terms of, like, emotions, uh, we weren't really encouraged to show any big emotions. It's kind of, you know, keep it bottled up. If you show emotions, it's kind of a signal or a sign of weakness. Um, So that's kind of my background, uh, which is really different from, from what we try and do, I think. Yeah, definitely different. That's actually one of the things that Um, So I knew that about you going in um, to having kids. And then when we were expecting our first daughter, the one book I asked you to read was about emotion coaching, about getting comfortable with big feelings and um, learning how to support kids with those big feelings. It was John Gottman's the heart of parenting, how to raise an emotionally intelligent child. Um, that's the one book I asked you to read while we were pregnant. What was that like for you? 
Uh, it was pretty eye-opening, I think. Uh, you know, I was I was used to, and I still had this ingrained in me when we were uh, getting ready to welcome our first child, the idea of big emotions are not healthy to show, and you want to keep them bottled up. Uh, reading that book was really eye-opening uh, to me, and I think one way that it kind of facilitated our uh, or my shift to more of a respectful parenting approach was it allowed me to self-process kind of my childhood and reflect on on what I had gone through and maybe some ways that I would have liked to have it be uh, different. Um, you know, I still struggle with big emotions, I think, and as a continual process, but uh, the book helped me understand that it's okay to have big emotions and also how to react to big emotions by kind of showing some empathy, understanding where the person's coming from rather than just kind of shutting them down. Yeah, yeah. I I love that book. I think that that book is a really good first book for especially for men because in our culture, men aren't socialized really to understand emotions, to understand their feelings. I always joke about when we first met, you really only knew like three or four feelings word, feeling words, sad, mad, bad, and upset, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I feel like that brings me to a question that I I personally have. Like I, I always think that it must not be very easy to be married to me. <laughs> to be married to a parenting um, and communication expert. Yeah, I know. I think it's great, though. I mean, I, I learned so much from uh, Laura. But that being said, you also have to take some initiative and try and learn uh, on your own. Um, you know, I, I read articles or books that we have in the house, and we have a, have a lot of them, and things that Laura asks me to read. But also, I think you have to do your own work uh, on your inner self. Uh, to become a, a, a better parent. And, you know, I used to really think that I could just parent based on instincts, where I just kind of knew what to do, right, in the situation. And it was difficult to get out of that kind of mindset and say, hey, I can always get better, right? And uh, the way I did that, I really feel like was after I screwed up, parenting which was a lot right which and we all screw up right we all make mistakes in parenting yeah and we all do is not really being hard on myself about it but just kind of looking back on it like oh how could I have done that uh differently and how could I have approached maybe a big emotion uh differently rather than shutting down our our kids maybe kind of trying to understand where they come from uh and empathize with them okay so what you're saying is that you used to feel like you really wanted to parent instinctually, um, kind of go with your gut, um, but then you've started to notice as you were going with your gut that it didn't always work out and that there was maybe something you could have done differently in those moments. And so then once you realize, like, hmm, I could have, like, handled that differently and it could have gone a different way, like, how do you go about finding the better way to handle things? Yeah, I think, um, like I said, reflecting, trying to be mindful of how things went didn't go right. But then also, I mean, there's a lot of resources out there. You can, uh, I mean, there's a number of articles, books, like I said. Um, but also, I think really talking with your partner about it has helped me a lot. Um, so 
I think a lot of times when we have, you know, parenting screw-ups or, or things like that, we kind of process them together after the fact. And that really helps me. So I know that Laura's on my team, and she knows that I'm going to screw up, and I know that she's going to screw up sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's something that we do really well when we make a mistake. Instead of turning kind of against each other, we turn in toward each other. We're able to offer each other compassion um, and support without beating each other up. So when we, and without undermining each other too, I think that that's something that really works well for us. Yeah, definitely. You know, this is something really important. I think you want to offer kind of a united front um, with your partner and in your parenting. And I know Laura does this for me many times when I'm maybe going down a route that isn't the best. She backs me up, uh, but she also knows how to bring up hey maybe we could handle this a different way I don't think we do it a lot in the moment many times we'll try and give this feedback or have this kind of discussion um, you know much later right after the the issue is settled but also if you can get away from the moment with your kids and just take like a five minute break and walk away from the kids where the kids can't be around you. I think we do a really nice job of intervening with each other in the moment, if that's possible. Um, so, you know, if most of the time you have to wait until later, but if you can get away and talk about it and, and change and, and help each other, I think that's really important. Um, one other thing that I think we do really well is if someone's just really triggered and they're just out there and we know <laughs> way down the river <laughs> yeah yeah and there's no coming back now right we're just kind of stuck um many and dug in dug in yeah, yeah we dug dig in on like the littlest things because i don't know we you know you're just there everyone's been there um we will suggest that either of us take a break and let the other person just come in and, and handle it so the person who's really triggered just takes a break we tag in and yeah. tag out yep Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really uh, important. Yeah. There have been times in our relationship where things were, were really hard and we were both being very easily triggered by our kids. And it's much better now than it was at those points. But at those points, I remember we sat down and had a conversation about how kind of we both weren't really showing up as parents the way we wanted to in those triggering moments. Um, and that we came up with, like, we, we sat down and we talked about what we want out of our relationship with our kids, what our goals and priorities for our kids as they grow, where we got really clear on our goals. And then we had this kind of code word that we said to each other when one of us, we noticed that one was getting kind of sucked down the river and dug in, we would say the code word to each other. Um, our word was goals, but lots of the clients that I work with come up with kind of funny, silly words that kind of just jolt you out of the moment. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. It was really good. Yeah. Helpful. I think coming home to shared goals too is really important. Dan and I don't always agree on how to handle things in the moment. And we don't even always agree on what limits should be. Like, I think you're probably a little bit more open to more screen time than I am. I'm a little bit more open to risk taking and like risky behaviors than you are. Um, so we don't have to see eye to eye on every instance, uh, you know, that 
everything that comes up in parenting, but we have this kind of common value, common priorities, common goals that we've mindfully and intentionally sat down and talked about. I think that that's a big piece of why things work so well for us. I don't know. Is that, how do you feel about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think having those goals or values and when you're talking about, maybe you're having a disagreement about how you're approaching something. Um, like I said, hopefully it's not in front of the kids some other time. Um, but if you can kind of go back to those goals and say, okay, so we're both coming at this with different ideas, which one is more congruent with our goal or value? I think that's helpful. And you got to keep an open mind. And that can be hard sometimes, right? Because sometimes you think you're just right. Um, yeah, and you're mad at your partner too. I think that that's something that like is a struggle for me is sometimes in those moments is assuming the best of my partner that he is maybe making a parenting choice that I wouldn't make but he's making it because he feels it is moving towards a goal that we have that's shared and so assuming the best giving him grace and compassion I don't you know I think allows that us again to feel like we are a team that we're turning into each other in those moments when maybe things aren't going as well as we would like yeah, absolutely. And something that really helped me in getting to that point where, you know, I can thank the best of Laura and we can kind of see that our goals are going the same way is I used to get really defensive and I still get defensive when someone offers a suggestion to me in anything, whether it be in work or parenting or, or whatever, <laughs> I get pretty defensive about it. Um, but I think going to, to personal therapy was really helpful for me in two ways. I think, first of all, it made me become just more mindful in what I was feeling and being able to recognize my emotions. Um, and then also to kind of just process my own emotions and say, hey, is this, you know, kind of just sit with my how I was feeling, right? And, and that's okay, and it's okay to feel that emotion, but really what's going on here? Why am I being so defensive? What, what's going on maybe from my past or where, where am I coming from in this? And like, let's say I change it around and I assume that Laura's not, you know, this isn't, she's not attacking me. She's trying to help me. Mm-hmm. If you can come into it, that, that mindset, I think it's helpful. And you're not going to do it all the time, but um, if you can do it more often than not, I think it's really helpful. Yeah. And so one question I have then, Dan, is that like, I know, cause I know you and I know your family that growing up um, that you didn't grow up in a family that went to therapy and you didn't. Um, and that was something that, you know, I, we got married while I was getting my PhD in couple and family therapy. Um, and that was something we talked about as we were getting married, that if we ever needed support that we would, op- you know, be open to going to therapy. Right. But like for what opened you up to, to that idea? Cause there's a lot, a lot of the, my listeners are moms and a lot of their partners happen to be men and a lot of them have resistance, have resistance to going to couples therapy. Um, we've been to couples therapy a couple different times just to brush up and reconnect. Um, how did you get past that resistance and become open to that idea of seeking support outside of our relationship? Yeah, I think, you know, traditionally the way I was brought up, it's not okay to have big emotions and show those emotions. So, I think going to therapy could be in a lot of people's eyes, especially men's eyes, like a sign of weakness or something like that. Like, oh, I'm, I'm you know, I'm weak. Um, so I had to get over that, right? And, and think like, well, 
also we can always get better at, at, as who we are. And I wasn't really happy with the way I was feeling. Um, you know, I was, I, I would say by bottling up all my emotions, I think I was much more defensive, easily triggered and everything. And I found that, you know, something's not right here. So uh, by going to therapy and kind of breaking it down um, and talking about these things, right, that it's not, not a sign of weakness and we're always trying to get better, I think that was um, really helpful for me. Uh, yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so then what about those moments when like you're in the midst of an issue with parenting you're having to set or, and hold a limit and maybe you're not doing it with the most empathy or the, in the most respectful way. Um, what is, how, like, what are the mistakes I make, you know, in that moment that, don't help you and what do I do sometimes that does help you in those like to turn things around to get you back onto a path like so because I know a lot of folks um their partners aren't doing the education that they are doing they aren't reading the books and taking the classes and listening to the podcasts and so like what can they do in the moment when their their partner is kind of stuck and dug in and making that mistake to kind of shift it without making them feel undermined and defensive do you have any tips for <laughs> for them um, you know, I think coming at it with, um, a, as a suggestion as a, and maybe prefacing the way you offer that suggestion, like, um, I could see an example of that would be, I can see you're really maybe triggered or upset right now. Can I, can I make a suggestion or, you know, is this a time where maybe we do need to just tag team someone else in and be be open to that and then come back uh to it later i think the person offering the suggestion and i know i do this sometimes to you sometimes i can just be like no i don't i think you're wrong i think we should do it this way or like right now in the moment that's that's not the way to approach it i think coming at it from hey i can see how you're feeling try and empathize with the person first mm -hmm. and then offer that suggestion or I know something you say is I'm not I don't want to tell you what to do right now like that's <laughs> a nice preface to start a conversation mm -hmm. um because I have a problem with people telling me what to do so uh yeah yeah I think the way you approach it if you're coming at it as a suggestion with kindness and not hey I'm going to correct you right now mm -hmm. one thing I do too that I that is helpful for me and kind of opening you up. And I don't even know if you know that I do this. <laughs> I'm about to reveal a secret. <laughs> um, one thing that I do though, is that if I have noticed, you know, that you're struggling with something, a, a particular like behavior of our kids that might be triggering them or in a particular circumstance, I might come to you and mention that I, that I've been struggling or like this has been really kind of annoying me lately when they are doing these things I'm like you know I, I haven't really liked how I've been responding and I maybe I've noticed you haven't been responding well in that moment either what should we do about it but coming from a place of like you're not alone in this struggle I'm seeing it too with my for myself and I want to work together to come up with a plan for how to handle it going forward um do you like it when I do that yeah absolutely if you can most of the big issues I feel like in parenting are both partners are struggling with the big stuff. So you, if you know, you know, that's something that you're both struggling with, 
starting the conversation like I noticed that I'm struggling with this and I noticed that you are too so let's talk about it and see if we can come up with a game plan is really nice way to uh, do it because then it's less blamey and it doesn't put me on the defensive as Mm -hmm. much like if it's just me then it's like well it's my problem and I have to fix it yeah yeah have there have there been times when I've been like too pushy with the parenting stuff where I've like I've needed to just back off and let you do your own thing for a little while. Yeah, I think some. I mean, sometimes it's inevitable. I mean, you are an expert in, in this, <laughs> and um, you know I haven't read all the books, and uh, I, I think sometimes it's yeah, it can be it can be difficult. But I also think you do a really nice job of letting me be myself and be a parent and not taking over uh so i think yeah i and i think maybe early on in our parenting you were more a little more controlling or wanting to you know kind of do everything and be the go-to person but i think you realize like that's not gonna be sustainable in the long run yeah absolutely i totally was super controlling (laughs) especially like you know so i found respectful parenting like rye um which is the kind of respectful parenting for kids zero to two. I found um, that way of being with kids when our daughter was maybe a couple months old and I fell in love and fell into it and at the time was super (laughs) passionate and as a result, micromanaging and gatekeeping and it's not sustainable. So like when you're the only person that your kids go to to have their big feelings validated and space held for them. That's too much, you know, for one person to hold space for all the time. I'm so glad that I've stepped back and allowed you to be yourself. You do it differently and and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like sometimes you have to let, and, and, and this is maybe, uh, you know, stereotyping a little bit, but, you know, a lot of moms, I feel like, um, take control of a lot of the emotional um, help with their kids, and and they're the person that's the go-to for the kids. I think it's important to let, you know, um, the dads also share some of that burden as well, and be proactive about them, you know, being a part of this, because I think, um, yeah, it's important, because, if one person just takes all that on, I, I, you're going to get burnt out or worn out. Yeah. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't signal confidence in your partner either. So if you're always stepping in and taking over, the kids see that they hear that, that you don't have confidence in their dad or, you know, in their other parent. Um, I, you know, there are times where I'm working, I have a home office and the kids are melting down right outside my door and I don't go out there, even though I probably would have handled things differently. I don't go out there because I'm at work, he's in charge and he's got this. And I have to know that within, you know, I have to know that deep in my being so that the kids can feel confident so that they don't feel like they can kind of come around me. Um, and if there are things that need to be addressed, they can be addressed later. None of this is an emergency. I think, you know, there are hard lines, like if you were in the place where you were about to give a spanking, which is something we've both agreed never to do and have never done, I think then I would step in. But if nobody is getting hurt, you know, and the worst that's happening right at that moment is some emotion, emotional dismissiveness, like that can be repaired later, you yeah. know? 
Yeah, absolutely. And knowing that Laura has that confidence in me gives me confidence because I feel like if I'm out there dealing with a tough situation and every time I was doing that, Laura came to my rescue or, you know, came and did, you know, took over, uh, that wouldn't be good for me. It would undermine kind of my confidence in my ability to be a a respectful parent. Your self-efficacy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, and also I think I would take it as criticism, too. I would get defensive because, oh, I can't, it's it's like you don't have the confidence in me uh, to, to yeah. do this, so. Yeah, so I think, I mean, I think the message that I'm hearing you say is that this journey for us hasn't been so much me pulling you in and making you parent the way I want you to, but rather inviting you in and leading by example and influencing instead of making yeah controlling. absolutely yeah i think that that's correct yeah okay so um how like i guess one last little question how like what's your favorite way to learn about parenting uh i think really my favorite way to learn by about parenting is to self-reflect on my own parenting screw-ups. I mean, we can read books, we can read articles, but at the end of the day, if you just sit down for 10 minutes and think about, okay, what could have gone better today? And it takes a, it, it's hard, right, to take that time to, to self-reflect and not, and not come at it from, oh, I'm a bad parent, but hey, I could have done this differently. What, you know, what would some of these articles or books or background tell me to do in the situation that would be different and not only do it by myself but with my partner okay so and then when it's time to actually learn new information to seek out support in kind of how to make changes how like what to do instead of kind of what your default is um do you have any suggestions yeah definitely i think enrolling in a parenting course where you have some type of guidance you know there's a ton of stuff out there online articles and books you could read and read and read but to make sure you're getting the right type of content that's congruent with your goals and your values as a family i think finding a good parenting course that helps you kind of take all that stuff that's out there and gives you the really important stuff and also gives you the encouragement uh, that, you know, you're getting all this great information, but also the encouragement of trying to get better as a parent. I think that's really important, and that's something that you get out of a, a parenting course where you have some actual interaction with an expert. Oh, absolutely. Support, ongoing support, is so important. And, you know, with a course, someone, an expert, has taken all of the information that's in all of those books and articles and their coursework if they have a PhD like I do, that has take, they've taken all of that information and distilled it down to the things that you really need to know. Um, so you can save yourself, too, just a lot of time by taking a course when kind of all of that heavy lifting has been done for you, and now you just get to get the information and then get to do the work on yourself. Well, that ties in perfectly because we have this webinar coming up on... Thursday where you can actually sit down with me and I can tell you some of the things that you need to know about how to get your kids to listen. 
I'll be there. <laughs> You'll be there. <laughs> yeah. You're going to come to yes. the to the webinar? Yes. Oh, that's so sweet of you. <laughs> Wait, who's going to be watching our kids then? They'll watch themselves. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be during rest time? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, honey, for... Um, for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. And I know my listeners do too. Yeah, I was happy to be on. Thanks so much. Well, I hope hearing things from my husband's perspective was helpful to you. Uh, please let me know if you have any questions, any more questions for him and kind of how we make this uh, balanced, respectful parenting thing work in our home. Uh, I really enjoyed getting to sit down with him and hear his thoughts too. So uh, you guys let me know if you want to hear from him again. And in the meantime, make sure that you are signed up and registered for the webinar on Thursday. If you're listening to this and it's past Thursday, still sign up uh, via the link in the show notes because you can catch the replay. The replay will be available for a few days after the event. Uh, and so you can at least get the information, but if you sign up now, you'll have the opportunity to submit a question and kind of what you're struggling with, and that will help shape the webinar. And, um, you actually have a chance on this webinar to be on there live with me and get your questions asked. So I hope I'll see you there. I'm really excited to do this. I haven't done a webinar in quite a while and I don't know when I will again so I hope that you'll be there with us it's completely free uh, and um, it's going to be packed with so much good information about respectful parenting so hopefully I'll see you there okay so thanks for listening today um, remember to subscribe to the podcast and if it was helpful leave me a review that really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out. Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, that's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too. All right, that's it for me today. I hope that you keep taking really good care of your kids and your family and each other, and most importantly, of yourself. And just remember, balance is a verb, and you're already doing it. You've got this.